Hello, this is the intro of the intro. I just wanted to pop in and say Happy New Year, Happy 2021. I'm actually recording this in 2020, and I'm just praying that this next year is is even just a little better than what the year that we just had. But if you're new here, my name is Savannah. I'm the host of the Well Now It podcast. I'm from Vancouver, Canada. This podcast is for confused Gen Zs, millennials, unsure what they want to do post-grad. And this episode is more of like a conversation. It's continuing in the well now what moments that we have in life. I started the series opening up about my own eating disorder and I'm having a conversation with a friend of mine, Nat Coons, um, talking about her journey and we just talked about the struggles that we had. I'm so excited to continue the podcast in 2021. I'm not going anywhere. I'm hoping to get more guests, more amazing conversations. So stick around, and I hope you like this episode. One, two, three, four. And then I still remember this one thing my mom said. We went out to eat for food, and she was kind of the only person that I was like comfortable eating out with because I was very restricted on what I would eat, and I didn't want to be out with friends and have to like modify a whole bunch of things and then she told me she's like you're really annoying to eat out with like you're not gonna have any friends if you keep eating this way and then that like triggered me I was like oh I felt like so lonely going I was in university at this point and it is a big shock from high school I found like I felt high school was a breeze and then going to university I like cried after my first calculus exam like I never had to study before university and then so I just felt like very alone in that and then my mom saying this I'm like oh my gosh like all I wanted were friends hey guys that clip you just heard was Nat Coons and she opened up talking about her disordered eating journey and body image issues and I'm so so happy we had this conversation I first posted about my journey in a solo episode. It was a small, short snippet, but it was a Well Now What moment, and I wanted to continue it. The series, the Well Now What series, specifically with like this sort of eating, body image issues, because everyone goes through it. So the feedback I got from my episode was amazing. A lot of people have gone through something similar, and I thought by having this conversation with someone else that's been through it would be really beneficial. Um, Of course, trigger warning, we do talk about weight and also we aren't medical professionals by any means and we're not telling you in this episode to do a certain way. This is how you should recover. This is how it should be because that's not that's not true. Everyone's on their own path. Everyone's on their own journey. So we don't really give advice. We just wanted to like start the conversation Um, and that gives some really amazing points just in general about recovering and the benefits of weight gain because obviously that topic is very scary and we also talk about um, loss of period PCOS so I hope this episode helps you if you're struggling or if you know a friend who's struggling please always know my DMs are always open if you're struggling I'm always here to help but I hope you enjoy this episode welcome back to the well now at podcast I'm your host Savannah Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Natalie Coons. And a little while ago, I shared my eating disorder journey, and I called the episode My Fearful Friend, Karen. And I think last week, I posted a story about it and saying, should I continue the series? Should I talk more about it? And Natalie kindly reached out to me saying, I'd love to have this conversation with you. And I was like, this is this is awesome. Let's do this. Because 
I wasn't thinking about having a conversation. I was like, I can just do a solo episode, but it's a lot easier to talk about it with someone who's gone through something similar. So yeah, Natalie and I know each other because we dance together. And I know a lot of listeners are probably like, Savannah, will you shut up about dance? Like, but that's, that was my life in high school. And that's how we knew each other. And Natalie was a year older, but we were in like the same classes in the same program. So we did a lot of traveling together and we spent a lot of time together. But um, I'll let Natalie introduce herself. So Natalie, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and like what you're doing now? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, my name's Natalie. I actually kind of go by Nat now. Um, dancing, I definitely was Natalie. And then once mm-hmm. I graduated, I was like, nope, changing my name to Nat. Uh, so I am a fitness instructor. I teach Pilates as well as the class, um, which is a movement practice based out of New York. Uh, So I do that. I also went to UBC right out of high school. I graduated with a nutrition degree. So I do have that. And other than that, I'm from North Van. I currently live in Kitsilano. If if you're from Vancouver, you know where that is. If you're not from Vancouver, you're like, I don't know. It's by the beach. Uh, Yeah. So that's like a little bit about me. Awesome. Yeah. And if you're in like, if you know anything about fitness or you're from Vancouver, you've heard of Nat because she's teaching so many different classes. Like you're doing like Pilates, bar, hit the class it's just like its own genre so you're you're all over the map in terms of like the fitness and wellness industry which is awesome yes I definitely teach a lot (laughs) so I guess we kind of want to get into it so for your journey with disordered eating so when did you kind of notice that you had some disordered eating patterns and I think when we were talking you said that you had kind of like orthorexia do you mind explaining for people that don't know what it is like what our orthorexia is and what you struggled with yeah, so with orthorexia, it's an obsession with clean eating. So being very restricted on what you consume, I guess it's really dependent on the person on what they they decide what is clean to them and what is not. For myself, like clean eating would be like no white carbs. Like in just it's I don't know how everybody decides what they decide what their obsession is on what they think is clean and what's not clean of like what you think is a good food and a bad food. But everyone has these like safe foods that I feel as though they decide on of what they can and can't eat. So I would say I kind of self-diagnosed myself with orthorexia. I never really fully got diagnosed with an eating disorder. Um, When I feel as though later on, like I know that I had it earlier than I thought that I had it. Like I didn't realize that I had an eating disorder when I was really like bad. Um, But I would say it really came, I would say in grade like 12, that's when I started to really clean eating. And I feel as though it happened once all social media was a huge thing. And, you know, like people were doing like the raw food diet and veganism and talking about like, yeah, eating clean. I feel as though like clean eating was a bit of a fad when we were both in high school. And I think it's transitioned a lot, which I'm really happy to see. Um, But I was definitely influenced by that. And I was like so young to even be seeing that. And even from dancing, um, we're looking at ourselves in the mirror all the time. And then going to ballet schools every summer, we actually do get education on nutrition. And I think it's important, but there's also now going to school for nutrition, there's a way to educate young girls who are already Mm -hmm. like self-conscious in their changing, growing bodies um, to learn about what to eat. So like I definitely, when I was like 12, I remember getting nutrition course when I was away at dance school. So then that already kind of, I think, was a little planting a seed into Mm -hmm. what I did have when I had orthorexia. Um, Yeah. So I say I would start, I've started it in grade 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's interesting because for me, it was a little bit later past university. But when I think back with like dance and like the things that we were told, like, for example, um, one of our dance teachers, I remember she would tell us like, you can't eat avocado, something like that. That's so simple. But I remember I literally never had an avocado until like after, after grade 12. And I was like, the the green butter, she would call it green yes. butter. And I was yeah. like, what? Because I don't know, there was like this thing, but butter is bad for you. And yeah. yeah, I remember, and I'd never had an avocado before. And now avocado yeah. is like the best thing ever. But I know, I know. So there's just yeah. so much misinformation that we were getting as like young teenagers or you need to wear pants outside or else you'll get like cellulite or whatever, you know, like there's just, <laughs> yeah, there's just like the oh weirdest things. <laughs> Everything's but coming back, right? It's just like, Everything's yeah. coming back. It is. And also too, yeah. another thing with, I think dance is we were getting measured in front of all our peers for costumes mm-hmm. or competition mm-hmm. and stuff. And like, although we may have not seen it at the time, but like thinking about now, if I was to get measured, like in front of friends, like I'd feel super self-conscious about mm-hmm. it, even though like I've come a long way, but I think mm-hmm. as a young kid, you don't realize it. And then it does um, do something to you, not necessarily re- realizing it. Like subconsciously it like gets absorbed into you and you're like, Oh, I should be smaller. Like she's a extra small and I'm a small and, Wadi da, um, the mm. so triggering disordered eating and just body image. Totally, yeah. So, when did you notice it was kind of starting to become a bigger issue? So, you said you noticed it more in grade 12, but like when did maybe your family members, when did they come up and say things to you, expressing that they're worried about you? And how did you deal with that? Yeah, it was interesting because no like family member or even friend like flat out said anything to me. It was like more word of mouth like somebody would say somebody would say something to say my mom and then she would say it not in a way that was oh you have a problem but more like someone's been telling me that they think that you have a problem Mm -hmm. I I I like started to like little things because people would tell me like oh like go eat a burger or like you're so skinny you're like a skeleton all these little comments like really hit me and was like really hurting. And of course I was able, I would be like, no, no, no. Like I eat fine. Cause I eat super clean. And then there'd be some people who would say, Oh, you're so disciplined with your eating. So then mm-hmm. I thought it was a good thing. And I'm like, I'm just doing what all the people on social media are doing. Like I'm totally fine. And I didn't see myself being that small. Of course, now looking back at photos of me, I was like, how did I not see myself being that small? Like there were girls that were four years younger than me and I would see them and I'd be like smaller than them, but not think anything of it. Cause I always wanted to be smaller. So I mm-hmm. thought it was like a good thing. Um, but then there was a couple instances like my hair, I started really thinning out in my hair. And that was one thing I used to always have like super long hair and it was nice and healthy. It was like thin, but then when it really got thin that I was like, I must not be getting enough nutrients in my body And then I still remember this one thing my mom said, we went out to eat for food and she was kind of the only person that I was like comfortable eating out with because I was very restricted on what I would eat. And I didn't want to be out with friends and have to like say like modify a whole bunch of things. And then she told me, she's like, you're really annoying to eat out with. Like, you're not going to have any friends if you keep eating this way. Mm -hmm. And then that like triggered me. I was like, Oh, I felt like so lonely going I was in university at this point and I don't know if you've been to university but like not yourself Savannah but like other listeners coming like it is a big shock from high school I found like I felt high school was a breeze and then going to university I like cried after my first calculus exam was like 
I never had to study before university. And then, so I just felt like very alone in that. And then my mom's saying this, I'm like, oh my gosh, like all I wanted were friends. Mm -hmm. So that like really switched my gears and like, okay, well maybe I can be a little bit more laid back in what I eat. And then I had a really supporting team. I used to work at Lululemon (laughs) uh, and they were like super supportive of me and they like just wanted to like me to like, I I was legal. I was of age of like, go, let's drink together and like, let's just go have fun. And then that kind of like, I just started easing up on my eating and became more open to not mm-hmm. being like just vegetables. Yes. All the time. And I, I yeah. want to touch upon the side effects that, or the consequences, I guess, of um, not nourishing your body. And some of the things that you talked about was hair loss. And for me, that was the same thing. And just feeling really cold, like so cold. cold to the bone. And it was so uncomfortable. And now when I feel cold, like I just, unless you've gone through it, you know what I mean? Like you, you know yeah. what I mean? But like, I feel cold, but not to the point how painful it was beforehand. I know I kind of sometimes a bit forget about how because I remember I was like I was like were winters this cold when it ha- when I was like first like <laughs> super small I was like were winters this cold I didn't never remember that and I remember like telling my mom I'm like I am freezing and she'd be like it's not that cold like you're fine and then I realized like now I'm like oh because I didn't have enough fat on my body to keep mm-hmm. me warm so that is why I was so cold and even Vancouver isn't that cold like I I'm, know. I'm were you like, did you ever go to Montreal? It must've been like yes. so cold. Oh my God. Yeah. So I went on an exchange um, in Stockholm and I think that's when I was at like my lowest weight and it, it's quite cold there. And it, it was ridiculous with the, the snow and everything. I was just freezing. And like, I would tell people and like, they'd be like, yeah, I'm cold too. But like, they wouldn't understand how painful it was. Cold. I was even in <laughs> Australia and like, <laughs> it doesn't get that cold. Let's be real. I think it was like yeah. 18 degrees Celsius and I was mm. cold. It was yep. a bit of a shock from going from like an Australian summer. Like it did feel totally. colder, but still like I shouldn't have felt like cold to the bone how I did. Mm-hmm. Um, huge side effects. And yeah, of course the hair. Yes. Um, and and for and then, me, I lost my period for five years. Um, so losing that cycle, I think at the beginning, I think I was told you're just exercising a lot. And then when I got to a super low body weight, I was like, clearly this is an issue. Or I thought, oh, it's my IUD. I wasn't really accepting Mm -hmm. that. Like I was doing this to myself. And I think for a while I was like, you know what? I don't want a period. Like, even though it's terrible to say, I was like, it's kind of nice. So bad to say. And and then after like the last few years, I really felt like I didn't feel like a woman. And I feel like I couldn't, I didn't have those hormones. I didn't feel very like sexually like expressive in my own Mm. body didn't feel comfortable and thankfully I think it was two weeks ago now I finally got my period and it just felt like a full circle moment and my body's like just like thanking me like thank you so much for nourishing me yeah Yeah. and I think that's a huge thing with the whole period is that people who have like yeah never lost it they're like oh this thing that comes every month and I know so many friends who will continue taking their birth control so that they don't have to bleed every month And see, for myself, um, I have PCOS. Um, I don't know if many people know what that is, polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's still one of those things there's not too much known information on it. And I'm kind of like half diagnosed with it. It's a tricky one. But so I never got my period all through high school. And then I started losing weight, I guess I would say like 17. So then I still didn't have my period. So then I went to the doctor finally and they were like, well, 
I was 19 at this point. And they're like, well, you're very small. Like you're below the healthy BMI. So that could be a reason. But I was like, I never got it when I was a healthy BMI. So that was like kind of a weird thing. So it wasn't like I was so small that I lost my period. I never had it. And then whenever I went on the pill, I was able to get my period. But now since I'm at a healthy weight, I'm still not able to get my period. So, and then me not having it, I like want it so badly. And then I try to educate my friends who have it and complain about it. I'm like, no, but your body is working properly. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to have this every single month. Like that is good. Um, And like, I had to get a bone scan because they're like, oh no, if you don't have a period, like you could lose bone density and then you're at risk for osteoporosis later on in life. And even with having an eating disorder, you're already at higher risk of osteoporosis too. Um, so it's like these things that we don't think that a period is actually like our body is working and it's a healthy thing to have, even how annoying it is. It's just a part of like a woman's body. I'm so sorry to hear that. I don't know much about PCOS, but what are some of the other symptoms that females experience when they have PCOS? It's like there's different kinds. And so it's diabetes of the ovaries. So it's like, that's what the doctor explains it to me. So something like they feed on sugar and then you have these little tiny cysts on your ovaries. So you have like higher levels of testosterone. You have a hard time actually losing weight. So a lot of women PCOS are obese. You have a higher risk of diabetes. So I have elevated blood sugar, higher levels of testosterone, um, which was like confusing for me too, because I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know how you get PCOS and they still don't know. Like, is it you're born with it? Is it environmental triggers? Like maybe because I had a eating disorder, is that what caused me to have it? I don't know. Did I have it before? But it still confuses me because I was like, I was so small for so, and it felt like it wasn't hard for me to lose weight. And then now I've like gained weight and maybe we'll talk more about like gaining weight um, post like disordered eating, but Mm -hmm which is really hard, but like for myself, since I have this PCOS, like my body then holds on to weight. And so like, it's still like really hard for me because I have this syndrome, I guess. I don't know, even not disease. I don't know what the proper like term for. Yeah. I don't syndrome. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can't, there's not really much you can do. And I've gone to like so many gynecologists. I think I've been to four, I've been to two endocrinologists with this little hormone doctor yes. and pretty much their only solution for me has been the birth control pill. Okay. I'm actually still trying to figure out what the best thing for me is to do. I'm still mm-hmm. very like unanswered what it is and what, cause a lot of the times there are certain medications you can take. It's not going to make sense for listeners like this thing called metformin. Some people just take progesterone. Some people just take like some sort of estrogen. Like it really depends on each person and what they have with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for myself, like nothing's really worked yet. So we're still figuring, figuring that out. So oh, I don't really have that full answer for you. But yeah. one in 10 women have PCOS. I just still think it's not talked about very much. Yeah, I don't think it's talked about enough. And I'm not a doctor or anything, but I know that there's definitely other hormonal disorders that women face. And I think it's really brave of you to open up about it because it must be really scary not knowing what's going on in your body. So thank you for opening up about it. Yeah, it's just been kind of like frustrating, I would say, mm-hmm. um, with it all. It's just mm-hmm. like just the unanswered questions has been really hard. Um, mm-hmm. So still like just 
all the doctor's appointments, you all know how annoying it is to go to the doctor and like constantly getting so many tests. And also too, like you go to a doctor and you think you're going to get results and you see them for a bit. Actually, like I've tried to do the natural, natural route too, like going to a natural Mm -hmm. path. But of course you have to stay with them for a while and then that's the thing, but it's okay. I'm, I'm like day to day, I'm healthy and I'm doing Mm -hmm. all right. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit more about recovering and weight gain because for me, it wasn't, I think that was probably the most difficult part for me was, mm. wasn't just the weight gain, but everything that came with recovery, it felt like all these emotions were just flooding in. And I had to like, I had to actually face them and face all my fears all at once. And it's one thing to just tell someone just eat more, but it, that doesn't, that doesn't really work. And also like, it, it does actually take time to, to gain weight, especially when you're at such a low body fat mm-hmm. percentage, but also um, for me, my hunger cues were so messed up. Like I couldn't trust my body, like when I was hungry or when I was full. And like, it I, it was such a journey for me to figure out like uh, in between. And I know a lot of people now use the term like intuitive eating, listen to your body and all that. But I couldn't listen to my body. I didn't know what was right, what was wrong. And then also with all those fad diets that you mentioned that like happen now, they're saying yeah. you should be eating this. Carbs are bad. Fats are good or like the opposite, you know? So yeah, what about you with the with the journey of starting to recover? Like, what steps did you take? Did you seek out professional help, or what did you do? Um, so, I think there was just like so many things that got me out of it. One, so I went to school for nutrition, and for me, I think I first went into it because I was like, oh, this is gonna help. I'll be able to like tell people why I'm eating a certain way, and thought that the way that I was eating was good. But then I actually learned a lot about sustainability and the environment. And so I feel as though some of the ways I was so stressed about what I was eating kind of shifted to more stressed out about the environment, not necessarily like stressed out in, but like stressed out in a good way. Like I actually like worry for our climate and all of Mm -hmm. that. So that was able to like shift some of my obsession over what I was consuming more like thinking about it for a sustainability standpoint so like that was like a little tiny puzzle piece to it and then just like surrounding myself around people that like loved me for who I was and I realized like I thought that when I was small that I was going to have more friends and people were going to like me more but it it isolated me because I was like so worried about what I was eating. It was like the last thing I thought about when I went to bed. It was the first thing that I thought about when I woke up. Um, I was like so worried about what I was eating and eating is so social. Like when you go out for a meal with friends, like it's a Mm -hmm. social thing to do, like sharing and stuff like that, where I couldn't even do that because I just like needed to be restricted. So it was like really inhibiting me from meeting people and having friends. So I feel as though once I was able to find this group that loved me for who I was, um, I was able to like shift out of it. Mm-hmm. And then I also like did meet some people who also were struggling with disordered eating and learning about their journey and a comparison of our journeys actually like made my eyes open. And I was like, Oh, like I don't actually want to get to where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like I just saw some friends who were like really struggling. Like I was so fortunate enough that I was never hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so like never fully diagnosed, uh, but I saw friends that were, and it was so sad to see that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get to that place. 
So that also was able to like help pull me out of it. And then I still like noticed myself constantly thinking about food and all the things. And I think it was harder when I did start to gain weight. Mm-hmm. It almost was like, it was like easy when I was losing weight because you're, it's just like, that's what it is. And then when you start to gain weight and then people make comments like, oh, you look so healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, have you had that comment oh of being like, you look so healthy? Yeah. So <laughs> thank God for my boyfriend. He has been like low key, the punch, not the punching bag, but he's like yeah. all my crazy thoughts. I just vocalize them because I can't keep them in. And when friends would see them and they genuinely mean like you look healthy, it's, it's a compliment. Like now I can see that it's a compliment. You look great. You're glowing. You're no, like your face is no longer sunken in or your bones aren't all brittle. And at first it was like in my head, this is what went through my head. It was like a confirmation that I had changed. I had gained weight and that's bad. Like when someone would say you look healthy, okay. They've noticed I've changed. So then I would, Mm -hmm. I would tell my boyfriend, do I, do I look okay? Like, and for the longest time I was so consumed by, what I, what I, what I was eating, what I looked like. And I would always ask him like, do I look okay? Do I look bad? Do I look fat? Or like, yeah, anytime I would game, do I look fat? Do I look bad? Like those annoying questions, my God. Yeah. And I, I thought there was a point where I was like, I'm always going to be thinking like this. I'm always going to be worrying about what I look like, what I eat. It's just, it's not going to stop. Like this is it. And there was even a point mm-hmm. where I was like, I give up. Like it's just forever going to be like this, but it does with time. It goes away. And you learn like, yeah, when I was getting weight, it sucked. I was like, I have all these cute clothing. They don't fit anymore. But you get over that. Just buy a new fucking pair of jeans and like, you'll find something. Get rid of those clothes. Get Get rid rid. of those clothes. Get rid. Yeah. And yeah, so that was, that that was really difficult for me. But now when people tell me that, you say, you're glowing, you look healthy. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. Like, and then now when I look at older photos, there was a point where it did trigger me looking at older photos when I was like still in recovering and I was like idolizing a past self. But now I just want to go back to that girl and like give her a hug and like, yeah, say, like it's going to be okay. But yeah, for you, what about like, did you, what did you find that was triggering? Did you older photos that, did you find that triggering or what about now? Like, what are some big triggers for you? Like, yeah, I do tend to sometimes look at photos and there's times I'm like, I kind of was like, how did you not, not appreciate but like how did you not see that you were so small at that time like I think back Mm -hmm. to myself and um and now like I can see it and not and I'm like whoa you were like so small like how I'm like still like question like how did you get there and um Mm -hmm. you're so caught up in food and there's just so much more to living Mm -hmm. than being obsessed about food and being a certain size and now I just like focus on like how I feel and yeah, there's definitely, I'm like trying to think of what is tricky. I think sometimes conversations with certain people, um, comments that people make, and I really try to make an effort on not comment on someone's body, on their physical mm-hmm. appearance. Like, yes, I'll comment, say on their hair or like, oh my gosh, your skin, all about nice skin right there now. Yes. Um, but like, yeah, really nice hair, nice skin, like, oh, your nails are so nice, something like mm-hmm. that, rather than commenting on like their actual like physique. Yes. Um, because like, everybody is so different and even too like just because someone's bigger or like you think is like whatever normal healthy size like I don't know Mm -hmm. how we determine that um doesn't necessarily mean they actually are healthy and I Mm -hmm. think I even hear my mom making a comment like oh that girl is so fit but I'm like what what is fit to you is it just like the look of it Mm -hmm. but I'm like she actually like struggles internally, but mm-hmm. from the outside, yeah, maybe she's like a smaller bone. 
mm-hmm. and then that's what you see as fit. And then that, like, hear my mom say that, I'm like, well, if she looks fit, then, like, do I not look fit? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think a huge one is, like, still motherly comments. Um, but I, like, try to, like, pull myself, and I know that's, like, their thing. Yes. Like, stuff that they're still, like, going through from, like, their mm-hmm. mothers. It's just, like, a and generational it's, it's, yeah, thing. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a generational thing, and, like... I think sometimes our loved ones, they, they mean well, but they think they say things that they don't, they don't mean it to come across that way. But like, if you're, if you're that hurt and you're struggling, like everything comes across as like so negative. So that can be hard because they're your loved ones. So you really care about like their opinion and what they think of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think now I'm coming to a place where I can educate them on it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, if like they say something and I know like they'll say it again and maybe someone else who's struggling will hear that and that will hurt them. I really do try to educate people and be like, maybe that's not the best thing to say. Like you mm-hmm. could say it something else. Like you just don't know what people are going through. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and also I think people, when, when they think of that haven't gone through an eating disorder or disorder, they think of like someone very, very skinny, like super skinny. That's, that's when they're struggling. Yeah. But for me, it was like maybe five years, but it was a slow progression where I would lose weight. And then I was praised for it because I don't know, I was mm-hmm. praised for it and, until it got really bad until no one really said anything, but it was like a, a slow, a slow growth, but I was struggling for a while. And even when I did lose a little bit of weight, I was still struggling just as much, but Every, no, everyone thought I was okay, that I looked normal. Cause people think that when you struggle yeah. with it, you need to be like to the bone, but that's not true. Everyone struggles mm-hmm. with it. And there's no like specific body type or physique or weight that shows like, yeah. Oh, they have an eating sort of They have disordered eating. Right. Yeah. And I think too, like I, because once you do like gain weight, um, for myself, at least like I was almost more I was hurting more because I was like this bigger size but I still felt like I was really controlling what I was eating mm-hmm. but I wasn't losing the weight anymore so I wasn't mm-hmm. getting that praise from certain people saying like oh my gosh like you're so like some people like were like no like I'm worried for you well that are like oh my gosh you look so good like you're so small what are you doing right now to be that size mm-hmm. um so yeah I definitely felt like I was hurting more struggling more when I was whatever people thought was a healthy size for me mm-hmm. um but I was like still trying to control what I was eating and still so badly wanted to be a smaller size. I knew like I wasn't supposed to be that way, but like I wanted to still, but of course people didn't see it and they thought that I was totally okay. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. So yeah, it is to- you don't know what people are going through no matter yeah. what size they are. Yeah. And, and there's also like the comparison game. It's not just comparing your old self, but comparing yourself to your friends, like your close ones. Like for a while that was, a toxic mentality that I have. I don't, obviously I'm not perfect. I, I will compare myself to other people now, but it's not nearly mm-hmm. as like as bad. And I was like, and everyone's different. Every body is different. Um, and like with social media, that can be really toxic. So yeah. how do you, how do you utilize social media so it can benefit you in like a positive way? Or do you still yeah, struggle so with that? I really have worked on it. Um, I don't follow any people that I don't really know. There are definitely a couple like blogger influencers, but I really like choose them wisely. There's a couple like fitness people that I follow, but more to get inspiration. Um, and then other than that, like I just follow people that I know, like I mm-hmm. really doesn't, I don't really care who I, somebody that I've no idea who they are. And it looks like they live this perfect life, but we actually don't know what their life really is. Um, 
So I think that's helped a lot. There's definitely still times, like even the fitness people that I follow, I'm like, how do you have that body? Like, I feel so I teach just as many classes as you are and work out just as mm-hmm. much as you do and like eat the same blah, blah, blah. Um, but there's this one girl that I'm friends with who actually like went to San Lena, our oh. dance school that we went to <laughs> together. Um, her name's Julia and she's all about like body um, confidence and everything. And she posted mm-hmm. this thing the other day said, if we all ate the same, if we all worked out the same, our bodies still would look different. And it's like, so true. Like mm-hmm. genetically, everybody is so different. It doesn't matter necessarily what you eat or how much you work out or what workouts you do. Your body is your body. Less, yes. There are ways that you can make it more toned and, but like there is this one body that your your body naturally gets into. And it's supposed to be where like everything is functioning properly. Like your hair is as it should be. You're having a period if you are female, like all the things. So mm-hmm. um, really like going towards that and just like seeing a body on social media and like, oh, that's their body and this is my body. And we're just different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to talk a little bit more about fitness. So for me, I um, struggled with like, I feel, feel like over-exercising, like if I would eat something. Mm-hmm. I need to burn it off. And even though I've, I've always loved fitness, there was definitely points where I worked out just for like the physical aspect. It wasn't like mentally, um, which I prefer to do now. And like, I thought like I could never really take rest days. And I know that you're, you're a teacher, so your life is very much revolved around fitness. So how do you still like listen to your body? Cause some days your body doesn't really want to move, but you have to teach. So how do you kind of, yeah. So how do you yeah. deal with that? That, that must be kind of hard. Yeah. And it's interesting as actually like a lot has shifted during this pandemic for me. And I feel as I wouldn't have wanted to come onto this podcast with you if I wasn't in a good place. Like I wouldn't want to be like lying to people. Like, yes, I definitely have days where I don't feel as good in my body, but I feel mm. like the most confident and best that I've felt like my entire adult life so far um so like yes great great (laughs) thing um so during like the pandemic obviously like things were shut down and so I wasn't teaching as much I was still like teaching some online like Instagram live classes and stuff that really taught me to like slow down and I was like sleeping in because I had nothing else to do like it felt good I felt like my body needed that like I had so many injuries like pre-pandemic because I would teach 20, 25 classes a week. And then I would do workouts on top of that. And I'm like, oh thinking back to that, I'm like, why, why would I do that? <laughs> um, and then, so like now I teach 12, 10 to 12 classes a week. And now because it is digital, I'm like doing those. And I would still say like, that's a lot. because Each class is an hour mm-hmm. and I'm doing cardio and like, I'm doing like full Pilates classes and I'm mm-hmm. doing 10 to 12 of them so like that is a lot for the average person I do sometimes think back though like when we danced again sorry back to dancing for listeners they're like shut up about that <laughs> we trained for how many hours a day like I don't know like five to eight to more lot, like that yeah. was our life so I feel as though my body has adapted to be able to like move for extended periods of time mm-hmm. it's not like I just like started out of like high school and I was like Bam, I'm like working out all the time. So I definitely think my body has adapted to be able to move um, for like two to three hours a day. So 
And then I have two days off a week. And like on those days off, like I really do rest. I sleep in now when I can before I was like a 5am go to a 6am. Oh my God. Like, no, no, no. I was never that now I'm like, no, I'm like, yeah. I can sleep into like 10 now. And it's like, yeah. amazing. Before I was like, no, I have to do everything in the morning. If I don't get up, then I've wasted my entire day, which is not the case. <laughs> I'm like, sleep is so important. So when it I can is. sleep in, I'll sleep in. I'll teach my two to three classes a day and then I'll find nap in the afternoon. But actually now I don't feel like I needed to nap before pre-pandemic. I needed naps in the afternoon. I was so tired because I was just like getting up too early, doing too many workouts, getting injured, like not properly nourishing myself. And now, yeah, I teach the two to three. And yes, there are some days where obviously I I don't want to teach. I mm-hmm. think that's with any job. Like we don't want to do it. And I'm like, and you, I have to be doing the exercise and I'm like, my body's tired. And I do listen. I'm like, I'm going to modify it a little bit more. And sometimes I'll like tell the people I'm like, I'm injured or I'm just like tired and I'm going to modify a bit more. Like I give them the option to do the full out expression. Um, but I like listen to my body and what I need because mm-hmm. it's really important to listen to mm-hmm. your body. And I think it's taken a long time to trust it. Um, I'm feeling like so insecure in my own skin. I just like wanted to be like hide away from everything. But now I'm like, no, like listening to what it has to say and following that. Good for you, dude. That's, that's huge. That's a really big accomplishment. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. It it takes, it takes time. It's taken a while. Well, not, I like, I'm very fortunate in the way that I think Mm -hmm. also to, being a part of the fitness community that I am in, I'm in very mm. like mindful movement practices, especially with the class. And it's really expanded my consciousness around my body and emotions and just like mm-hmm. feeling the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feeling your feelings is really important. <laughs> yeah. And, and what about like the way that you feel about your body now? Like, um, have you heard of body neutrality versus body positivity? <laughs> Yeah. So what do you really, I guess, practice with yourself and with self-care and self-love now? Yeah, I would definitely say like this year, and I'm not going to lie, like this year I've lost some weight, but that was like from a healthy thing, like with the whole PCOS, because I definitely like gained quite a bit of weight and like after sort of like more than I thought I should. But also Mm -hmm. since I lost weight at such a young age at like 17 I don't actually really fully know yet what my my body size should be natural body size is Mm -hmm. I'm like still trying to figure that out but I definitely feel a lot better like I was going through so many digestive stuff and I think that Mm -hmm. happens to a lot of people who go through disordered eating because you like Mm -hmm. don't eat as many foods as you should be so your body like when you start introducing foods your body's like what's I want to swear, but I'm not, but it's like, what is going <laughs> on like in my <laughs> yeah. digestive system? So they don't know, like your body doesn't know how to properly yes. break down nutrients because it hasn't been introduced to it for so long. So it's taken me a while to figure out like what works for my body and what doesn't. Um, but yeah, I've come to this place where like I was able to lose a lot of inflammation that I had. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's from the PCOS, like from the past couple of years and yeah, this summer, I don't know what it was, but I feel good. Yeah, I'm I, not going to lie. I have days where I'm like, I ate a lot or like, 
Mm-hmm. I feel bloated or mm-hmm. I wish I was like, I still have days where like I do compare myself, but then I like, mm-hmm. I notice it and I check myself. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. like you're doing great. Like you keep doing you. I'm like, you're working out. You eat well. There's not much else. Like you're health, like you're healthy. So it's like, you don't need to look a different way. Like you are healthy. You're mm-hmm. doing all the things you're getting enough sleep. You're drinking enough water. You're eating enough vegetables. Um, but also like, having potato chips too because mm-hmm. it's life and it's important yeah. to like enjoy those things yeah. <laughs> um so yeah it's like is it worth like being I don't know I just also think I'm like so much happier like enjoying those meals with friends and like drinking too many spritzes and just having <laughs> fun yeah like, life wasn't very fun when I was so small yeah. even though I thought that like being a certain size and like being able to wear cute clothes but then you don't mm-hmm. even enjoy it because you're so obsessed with being that way and I've noticed that I've like um really gotten a lot healthier with myself is because I don't think about what I eat when I wake up in the morning or what mm-hmm. I ate the day previously I don't think about those things anymore mm-hmm. like I don't think about what I ate when I wake up in the morning and it's so refreshing it feels so freeing not to have like your brain occupied by all these you know these thoughts and I feel like there's so much more now and I think honestly the pandemic it's it's brought a lot of sadness obviously but it's brought a lot of perspective for me personally yeah. like um like people are dying out there and like things are going really bad and when I compare myself to like oh but I want to be skinny again it's like there, there's bigger there's bigger things in the world that's going on yeah. right now like I that's what that's kind of just like fully pushed me to like feel more recovered and I'm not gonna say I'm 100% I'm never gonna be like we're all human even people who haven't gone through um, disordered eating, eating disorders, they will still have those bad days and look in the mirror mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I look like shit. And like, sometimes, yeah. yeah, but then some days I'm like complete 360. And I'm like, I look great. You know? Like, yes. You're like, yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's evolved. It, it's always changing. The journey is always different. And mm-hmm. I think what helped me a lot was that as like, as females, our bodies are always changing. Um, maybe one day we'll be mothers and our bodies will really change. And after that, mm-hmm. like, so it just, that kept me just like, it like pushed me to really like keep going and to, even though yes, weight gain at the beginning can be scary. And I think people label in society, when you gain weight, you're seen as like, you're slacking, you're lazy. You don't, you don't like put any effort, but that's not true at no. all, obviously. But I had a last question. Um, what would you say right now to someone that is struggling with their, their body image, with mm-hmm. eating, um, with low self-confidence? Like, do you have any like words of wisdom or any tips that you have for someone out there? And a huge thing, I don't, I don't want to take away from what they're going through. Cause that's, I mm-hmm. think a huge thing is like when you're going through, uh, like your body image issues and disordered eating, like it's so real for you and it's like consuming you. And I wouldn't want to say like, so many will go through it, but that is because I wouldn't want to compare. Cause that was really hard for me when like I met friends who had also gone through it too. And they were trying to like put their story onto me and like kind of mm-hmm. take the attention off of me and onto them, which is like, we're all just trying to relate to one another. Um, and saying like, you will get through it. Like it, you can and I think a huge thing that you said, Savannah, was the perspective of like what is going on in the world. And yes, people are dying because of the color of their skin. People are dying because of this shitty virus. Um, people are just like 
dying in other ways that it just mm-hmm. like, and then even like the environment and the world and all the like horrible things that are going on in the world. It's like, not to like pull away from what you're going through, but what the size of your body is doesn't fully matter in the grand scheme of things. Like people aren't going to remember you like, Oh my gosh, when you, when it, you're like on your deathbed, like, Oh my gosh, like just remember how like she was like, looked really get, good in jeans. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not something that like someone thinks about when like, I don't know about your life and who you are. Like people care about like your personality and your confidence. Like when someone else is confident, like I'm attracted to them. Oh and yeah. It's hard. It's not just, a, it's really, it takes work. It takes effort to like pull yourself out of it. Um, but like little tiny things of like just trying to find friends that make you feel good and try to pull yourself away from people that don't. And it, that might be hard because that friend may have been your friend for the last 15 years. But if they're making you feel bad about yourself, it's time to pull yourself away from them. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge thing that I've realized. Like relationships is they change as you change. And just because you were friends with someone when you were 18 doesn't mean that you still need to be friends with them because you grew up with them. Like we're going to change as we continue to get older. And sometimes we change together or like we change separately, but like they can still be together. And sometimes we're just going to go on to different paths. So I think surrounding yourself around people that make you feel good, confident and loved is Mm -hmm. super important. Like just connection. I think is so important. I don't know if I've realized that more through this pandemic of like, I need people mm-hmm. and not just digitally all the time. Like I need people in my life to hug and to hold and to laugh with. Cause yeah, being like being in your body is so isolating. So like being able to like have someone else to talk mm-hmm. to. Yeah. yeah helps. Yeah. That's, that was honestly beautiful. Said I couldn't said, couldn't have said it any better. And like, I would say also if you're, really, really struggling and you maybe not have a friend, like talk to someone professionally about it um, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're really struggling. Um, and that reminds me of a quote that Maya Angelou said. I don't know if you know who she is. Um, and yeah, she said, yeah, she said, I've learned that people will forget what you said or what you did or what you look like, but people will never forget what you, how you made them feel. And when I read that the first time, I was like, Exactly. No one's going to give a shit of like, yeah, if you looked good in jeans that one day, it's, it's like your energy that you brought and like the light that you brought to that um, friendship relationship or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So is that how you make someone feel really? Exactly. Like that's what you remember. Well, Nat, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being so brave for coming on the podcast and sharing <laughs> something that's so vulnerable because that can be scary. When I first posted that little episode, like some of my close friends knew that I was struggling, but I like, you can tell physically I was, but I didn't really speak about it until way later. Um, and posting that episode was terrifying, but thank you so much for coming to me and wanting to talk about what you've been through because as I said it's very scary so I appreciate you and I appreciate you so much for coming on thank you for having me I appreciate you hosting me and having this platform so we can talk about it have these real conversations that are really so important and even thank you for sharing your story thanks and where can people find you Nat and if they want to take your classes you don't have to be in Vancouver now because she's yeah teaching you them don't all have digitally. to because everything is digital uh, yes. you can find me nat.coons that's k-u-n-z or z for American listeners um on Instagram and I post my schedule I teach at turf 
which is in Vancouver, Jaybird, which is also in Vancouver, and then the Clasp, uh, which is based out of New York.